There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And the question is, what do you think? Do you know about this thing that I've been doing, this reality reckoning that I... I, I don't know. I've heard bits and pieces. It's just about that there is... I read the Vanity Fair article, though, before I got here. Oh, and what did you think of that? I mean, it's not my article. It's not um, even my – I'm not suing anyone. I was anyone. surprised by it. You were? Yeah, only because I didn't understand the article. What do you mean? I didn't think there – I'm just going to be brutally honest. Go, yeah, you should. I didn't think there was new information. I didn't know what the Another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. We have a lot to talk about, y'all. It has been a lot. A lot of housewife stuff, a lot of mess. I'm going to give you guys a trigger warning because I will be talking about Kiki Palmer in just a moment for abuse and things of that nature. But other than that, it'll just be mess. So give me like five minutes and then we'll move on. Um, but we got to support our girl because I'm livid. Okay. Um, but so much stuff from the housewives so many giggles are to be had let's get into it also i'm going to be recapping real housewives of miami welcome to plathville and kardashians we got a couple weeks now before the herd starts spinning a little bit so you're gonna have to forgive me i've been doing for the past two weeks like ep- bonus episodes on saturday i don't want to do those anymore <laughs> It's a lot. It's a lot for your girl. Um, and so I feel like in the next couple of weeks, Welcome to Plathville and Kardashians will be over and that'll free up a lot of time. So just bear with me. The next few weeks until those shows are over will be dedicated to like, I'll just be doing a rotation, I guess. Um, we'll definitely be talking about Winter House, but then as far as Housewives, we'll just get down to like the brass tacks. Obviously, I'm going to be talking about Potomac and then like whatever else is good it's uh, here's the guarantee potomac for sure and then whatever else housewives are best of that week we'll be getting into and that'll be friday's episode um until i get more space on the calendar to talk about other shows but yeah so that's it um check out the patreon if you have not patreon.com slash ebbm podcast we're talking selling sunset this week last week i talked about the woman in me the Brittany. um memoir 
the other week, I guess, Netflix just came out with the uh, Twin Flame documentary. A lot of you guys have been talking about it. However, I recapped, because Prime came out with a, their own Twin Flame documentary called Desperately Seeking Soulmate that I recapped a couple weeks ago. I'm like one and a half episodes into the Netflix Twin Flame documentary, and I'm going to have to say that I'm finding the Prime one to be a lot more juicy and salacious, but I'm not done yet. So if you don't have Prime, but you want to listen to the recap, maybe just watch the Netflix one if you've got Netflix, and that'll at least give you a base for who these weirdos are. So let's move on. Okay, so we have to give two middle fingers, and then the two middle fingers of my feet as well are also going up to Darius Jackson, Darius Dalton, Darius fuck you, bitch, deadbeat baby daddy, Darius deadbeat, that's what we should be calling you, for what he's done, what he has done to my girl Kiki Palmer. Now, lest we not forget... And I wish we could. Just a few months ago, this idiot went on to Twitter to slut shame our girl in the name of uh, family and traditional values when she went to an Usher concert in a very sexy cat suit. And he felt some type of way and lost his damn mind. People thought he was joking at first. And then he stood down and was like we live in a generation where a man of the family doesn't want the wife and mother to his kids they're not married to his kids to showcase booty cheeks to please others and gets told how much of a hater he is this is my family this is my rep- representation i have standards and morals to what i believe i rest my case okay well, where are your standards and morals when you're putting your hands on her bitch how how was that how'd that work out sir because we just found out last week that kiki went down to the courthouse to file uh, a re- domestic violence restraining order against his bitch ass in Los Angeles. She not only did that, she asked for uh, full physical and legal custody of their son, Leotis, saying that there were multiple times where he allegedly put his hands on her over the course of their two-year relationship, possibly even when she was pregnant. I mean, the cluster headaches to migraine is just beginning. I cannot believe how disgusted I am with this man. And then the tragic thing is on a societal level, we'll now, we're now having to have these conversations because when this shit happened, the Usher situation, most women were like, this doesn't sound right. It sounds real bad. I don't like it. Something in the milk ain't clean. And then here comes a legion of fuckboys being like, oh, he's sticking up for family values. Uh, he's right. I don't, I don't see what the problem is he's saying. He, he loves his woman. Ugh. No, fuck you guys. Fuck you. We'll just go down a quick list of these allegations that Kiki um, made in the courthouse. Uh, dating back in 2021, they had gone out to eat and uh, Darius got upset because uh, he thought that Kiki was hitting on a woman at the restaurant. And so they had to go, you know, the, the day ended and then they got into it. She said that he grabbed her prescription glasses away from her when they got back to the hotel room threw them on the ground and stomped on them, then opened her bag and threw all her belongings onto the pavement in the rain, threw her car keys across the parking lot before he got into his own car and then drove off and left. The I don't wear glasses, but it's just really like seeping into me how sinister that is to just like take somebody's vision like that, like, and just impair them in a way like that's so ick. 
Kiki also went on to say that Darius would love bomb her and it would be very like hot and so nice and make her feel like the best woman in the world and then like totally ice her out and be cold over like just whatever he thought was like something bad about him didn't matter where they were if she was somewhere or they were at an event and she spoke to somebody for too long or she smiled at them too hard or whatever he would get all pissed off and then slut shame her accuse her of cheating on him saying you don't love me and like gaslighting her basically even though she was not doing anything wrong and this brings me back to the conversation now we have to bring tyler perry to the damn carpet because not i don't know two three months ago did he go on a podcast and say to black women everywhere that um you shouldn't care what a man makes that if he honors you and he respects you and he makes less money than you and he can only afford to pay put in on the light bill while you take care of everything else then you should just accept that and be happy because you have a man in your home eating up all your chips and juice just loving you and you know what we should live in a world where uh money doesn't matter but you guess who made that situation fucked up men men did they're the ones who have issues with equality not women they're the ones who can't handle women who have power more money than them more respect more clout whatever more things a house a job people who like them they're the ones who have issues with them and then what they do cheat or put your hands on her or both at best usually so who, who's the one who has the issue with that tyler maybe talk to darius about that not us and so we treat them like less than because most of the time they're pieces of shit and deserve to be treated as such tyler anyway kiki goes on to say that the abuse happened with darius even as far as last week despite the fact that she says that they had broken up like somewhere around early october that he came to her house and trespassed last week she did not know he was coming she did not consent to that he threatened her he physically attacked her which is where uh those stills of the photos of her being hit by him over the couch were released um that was from that time he stole her phone when she said she was going to call the police she followed him out to try to get her phone he almost drove over her in the driveway and he's just a total piece of shit there was one story that she told that i it's like so upsetting that has to involve the the baby that i i can't even repeat it like it just ugh, disgusting so when all this news drops about her going to the court to seek the restraining order darius goes on to twitter posts a picture of himself holding their child with the caption i love you son see you soon now when he posted that people were like still hazy about what the exact details were and so they were like okay that's weird but then more and more came out and they're like god that's very creepy and icky that you would do that and then people found that he had posted some uh, i guess i think it was maybe like a carousel on instagram but one of the posts was a video of a character named homelander who we'll get into that in a second who was ta- like talking about like um i think the caption was like how i'd react if you like 
threatened to take my son away or something along those lines. And it's a clip from Homelander. And I didn't really understand why people were so upset about this until I heard that Homelander is an abusive character who was like highly abusive to his son and just like a generally horrible person and was trying to take the baby from his mother in order to like basically make Homelander 2.0 just like another evil version of himself and he said that like a month ago like that's wild so unfortunately the story is not over because Darius has a brother if y'all watch Insecure he was a character Dro. The man who was very tall and looks like a monster from um, fucking uh, whatever the fuck, <laughs> Space Jam. The the OG version, the Michael version, not the LeBron one or whoever was in the second one. Um, that ugly bitch. He goes on to tweet the most disgusting, vile, abusive, manipulative person abuses almost everyone. Y'all will see. Just send positive energy to the babies. Any child in the middle of something like this does not deserve it all caps at all wow so damn sad now this was confusing because they were like are you talking about your brother or are you talking about kiki being abusive who are you referring to but then i saw a screenshot where his brother retweeted this like abuses almost everybody tweet so it seems like a cosign like sharonis is his name was saying that kiki palmer is abusive okay we all saw the pictures but okay so then kiki's mother enters the chat and at that point i thought well lights out kiki's mother has been working with kiki she's been like her manager i believe this whole time um you know like she's in the industry this is not like just a mother this is not like a lynn spears situation this is like i'm trying to think of a mother who's actually a positive (laughs) manager to their parent uh it's it's not coming up but just if there was another one kiki's mom would be the other one she might just be the only one i don't know but anyway she goes on and posts a video livid she says in the 20 years of my being in this industry i've never done anything like this so she goes on to say i that she went to sharonis who is darius's brother dro she went to dro from insecure about a year ago and confronted him about his brothers being abusive to kiki And his response was, well, I used to be like that too. And then she goes, so now he's posting on Twitter like he's a special guy when we know that he's the biggest fuckboy in Hollywood. He's disrespectful to women just like his brother. And also says that Sharonis taught Darius how to be abusive. So then she says, I don't speak out usually, but I can't help myself. He does not get to act like he is a special guy. No, you're a fuckboy and you're part of the problem. So then Sharonis could not help himself and be like, I've never abused anybody. I've never abused a woman I've been with. Blah, blah, blah. You, you will all see the truth. Like, you know, it'll come out. We basically insinuating that they had receipts on Kiki and her family and how uh, Kiki's mother was threatening people, which like, yeah, she would be. If you put your hands on my daughter, I'd be threatening you too. Full stop. So (laughs) egg on your face on that one, Sharonis. Um, but then they, they've basically all been quiet since then because Sharonis, if you guys don't know, got another cast member from Insecure pregnant. She was, she played, it was her Natasha, the bank girl. They got pregnant during the filming of Insecure. And so she 
posted something after Sharonis was claiming that he had never abused anybody, posted something along the lines of like, you know, abuse looks very different. It's not always physical. And, you know, something like hinting that maybe she didn't feel like she could speak out at the time because she didn't have as big a platform as Kiki, which is a very fair point because many people were like, we need to see receipts on what Kiki did. I need to see actual footage. Otherwise, I don't believe it. I'm unsure. That is wild to me. And then y'all got it and y'all got real quiet. Got real, real silent, didn't it? So I guess our can I get a hell yeah is going to the Los Angeles County judge who granted Kiki um, a temporary restraining order. Jackson's Darius has to stay at least 100 yards away from her and her son. Can't go into any child care. He cannot uh, go to any schools that the child goes to. Um, she is getting sole physical and legal custody of him and that he's not allowed any sort of visitation until the hearing is set for December 5th to desert, to determine like where they're going to move forward. But at this point, I think she's got all the receipts in the world and it's not looking good for this loser. And I'm happy about it. Let's just take a calming breath real quick and let's get into like some actual mess of people that is like, you know, just like inconsequential and something we can laugh about. Okay. Just, okay. All right, let's move on. Denise Richards, the woman that you are, you really made me laugh this week. And, and I, I thank you for that. If y'all don't know, because I doubt any of you guys are listening to Bethany's podcast. Denise was on Bethany's podcast last week. And, um, at one point, <laughs> Denise is asked by Bethany about, like, do you get, do you know about my, what I'm doing? That's my reality TV reckoning. Do you know about that? Do you know what I'm doing? And Denise is like, um, not really. Like, I've heard bits and pieces, but not really. She goes, I did read the, the Vanity Fair article before this, though. And I could tell by Denise's voice that she was like, I, I didn't, it didn't really curl over for me. So you can tell that Bethany was like backtracking immediately. Like, oh, like downplaying it. Like, oh, what'd you think about that? Like, I didn't have anything to do with it. I'm not suing anybody. Just say no. Right. So Denise is like, well, I just feel like it was like not really any new information. Just didn't really like, I didn't really understand what the point was. <laughs> and then Bethany had to act like, oh, I don't know either. I don't know. Like, oh, uh, you know, and maybe they couldn't, they had, they left crumbs on the table and and they couldn't talk about certain things because Vanity Fair is like somehow down the chain owned by Shed Media, who is the production company behind Real Housewives of New York. Like something like Vanity Fair is owned by, um, uh, I can't even remember. But the point is that is owned by Warner, which is like somehow owned by Shed. So maybe that's why they couldn't really get into it. To which Denise asked a million dollar question. So why even write it anyway? And Bethany's like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't know either. Like, that's so weird, right? Like, why would they even do it? You know, <laughs> it's like, girl, <laughs> I know that killed her inside. I know she ripped into like a skinny girl granola bar after that and had like three fourths of it. She was pissed. I know she did. So like, maybe this reality reckoning was just the friends we made all along the way. And my friend was Denise Richards, just subtly shading Bethany and telling her that the work she did was flop like. The flop jumped out. And I like that. Anyway, let's move on to uh, what's going on down or over in Salt Lake. Oh my God, y'all. <laughs> this is my kind of carrying on. And I saw so many people... 
being like genuinely upset or having like passionate legitimate emotions about this I was reading this I not even kidding laughed until like I was crying it was so funny to me the more I thought about it like this is so funny <laughs> so apparently if we want to go back to the Salt Lake trailer from this season there's a very like hot mic moment where Heather's in her uh, room. They're on clearly on vacation. Heather's in her room, gets a phone call and is like, oh my God, are you kidding me? That's her. I- I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. And the like production can hear her and they're busting into her bedroom. And she's like t- saying like, no, 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 seriously, guys, you, you can't be in here. <laughs> so apparently <laughs> that's Monica. The bomb was Monica. So allegedly I don't even think this is alleged at this point I think they've pretty much confirmed it but I'm just gonna say allegedly to watch my own back so apparently back in 2019 Monica Garcia we're gonna say that um kicked it on over to beauty lab to get like some nose and lip treatment injections so according to these legal documents beauty lab only filed uh, this lawsuit against Monica like a couple weeks before this season began saying that she went into a contract with Beauty Lab back in 2019 for $2,449 worth of cosmetic injections. Per Beauty Lab's lawyers, they said that the deal was set up where Monica was supposed to pay $449 up front and then was going to pay $200 for 10 months for the rest of the $2,000 balance. And they say that Monica only paid that $449 and failed to make any other payments following that. A real Zolciak Bierman, if you will. Then they go on to say that Beauty Lab has suffered and continues to suffer significant losses and damages because of this breach of good faith and fair dealing. And they're seeking to award, uh, you know, not less than $2,000 in their trial. Significant losses and damages is not going to be, a, I, I imagine, I'm in the Kim Kardashian law school myself, I imagine you can't really say that when y'all open up a whole new, bigger location in addition to the original one. And you were on camera talking about how Beauty Lab has been such a success and how great it is. Like, girl, this twenty four forty nine is not really hurting your pockets. Granted, like, I don't think businesses should be screwed over. I want a business to succeed. And I'm a woman who supports other women. But you're talking like four years ago, you lost $2,500. And I know that girl has made $2,500 probably every 10 minutes at the beauty lab. Like, it's not hurting her at all. So in response to this lawsuit, Monica's lawyers came and said that the reason why Monica didn't make any additional payments after that 449 is because she got fucked up. She received, quote, defective, negligently given injections, which did not have the intended promised result. She claimed the parties involved reached an oral accord and a satisfaction, whereas Monica paid for another competent party to fix the damage to Monica's new nose and lips caused by the incompetent negligent actions of Beauty Lab staff, and Beauty Lab was entitled to no further payment. So she went somewhere else to fix it, and they were like, okay, girl, we'll just take the L on this, and we'll take you off this payment plan. She also claims that Beauty Lab offered to fix what they had done to Monica and that she has basically suffered more than what Beauty Lab has, right? So then it says that Beauty Lab's claims are 
barred by its unclean hands because it seeks payment for procedures it botched and negligently performed. Beauty Lab's complaint has been made because of the personal animosity towards Monica of Heather Gay, an officer and director of Heather Entertainment, Inc., member of Beauty Lab and Laser, LLC. Not because of the claims of the in the complaint, uh, which Beauty Lab and Heather Gay know to be unfounded. So she's basically saying that the only reason why Heather's filing this is because she doesn't like Heather, uh, Monica. And she's feeling some type of way about that. So basically, they're countersuing because of the botchness, and they're looking for uh, fees, attorney's fees, totaling less than 50 grand and other relief. (laughs) So we'll see. Heather did make a statement on her Instagram and says, Beauty Lab and Laser is a phenomenal business in the top 1% of providers with over 3,000 positive reviews. Our injectors are nationally ranked and leaders in the industry of our legion of loyal customers speaks for itself. This lawsuit in the press has no merit and is unfortunately a pattern of behavior from a desperate woman who, when unable to pay her bills, lashes out to avoid accountability. Now this brings us back to uh, the conversation that uh, Monica had with her mama Linda at that restaurant where she was talking to the plant where Linda called her some other last name and Monica was like, why would you call me that? You know my last name is Fowler. Now we know her as Garcia. And Linda said to her, I don't know, you change your last name every like five minutes or something. So apparently this leads us to the other rumor, which is that apparently Monica allegedly has a habit of going to different med spas, getting treatments, using a false uh, alias. And then, like, skipping out on the tab. <laughs> How is that not funny to you guys? Like, that's so funny to me. And it's so funny, if this is true, that she would just go on the show knowing that she had this beef with the business owner a couple of years ago and just didn't say anything. <laughs> and they're friends. And then this chick's about to find out on a cast trip. That's hilarious. We're about to get the best season of Salt Lake, and I'm 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 blessed. I'm feeling very blessed about that. Ooh, that's funny to me. <laughs> and with that, we're gonna go down to Miami because apparently there was some drama between Alexia and Adriana post BravoCon. So apparently, just real quick, the streets are saying that after BravoCon, they all hopped on a flight back to Miami. Alexia started watching the show, episodes of the show, and saw where Adriana had said that, you know, Alexia treats people some type of way because Todd's rich. And (laughs) they get off the flight. And apparently down to the baggage claim, Alexia just starts popping off on Adriana. So I guess she also heard that Adriana was claiming that, like, she and Todd were broke and they're fucked, right? So at the baggage claim... Adriana told Alexia, you act like you're the star of the show, to which Alexia responded, yeah, I am. (laughs) Julia was there, and she's, like, trying to mitigate, Kiki's there trying to mitigate the situation to get everybody to, like, hey, shh, shh, so people don't hear us and we don't make a scene. And then basically says to Julia, like, tries to get her involved and see, like, oh, you know, Alexia's your friend, see how she treats me, like, are you trying to be friends with this person? (laughs) I love them. Miami, hot, 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 fire. Alexia ended this by saying that she and Todd are laughing all the way to the bank. I'm sure that's true. I'm sure that's true, Alexia. With that, we're going to get into a recap of Miami, then Plathville, and then Kardashians. 
if you guys want to skip around, I hope you know that the timestamps are usually in the episode description, as well as links to my social, my Patreon, all of that, so you can navigate everything easily. All right, guys. You are strong. You have a beautiful family. You have your friends. And you will have all of us next to you. I have the best breasts ever, by the way, guys. Beautiful, perky, everything. Small <laughs> nipple, the whole thing. And then I'm like, wait, Russell, so now they're going to take it out here. What if it dips the nipple down? <laughs> and he goes like this. Well, I mean... That's, it is what it is. I'm going to be fine. Russell can get on his knees. It's fine if it goes down. Nipple, nipple. We got a nipple down. Good. I'm glad you're laughing about it. That's a good positive vibe. You're going to gertify cancer. Yeah. Cancer. 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 Gertifying cancer. Stop it. Who is she? Where's she at? Come back. Say something real quick and then we can get out of the way because it's been bugging me. I feel like Lisa's boyfriend Jody looks like Croy. Does anybody see that? He looks a little bit like Croy Beerman. I think it might be the teeth. It's the teeth and the eyes. Let me know if you feel the same way. But anyway, let's get into the episode that begins with Kiki telling Alexia what Adriana said about Todd, about Todd being wealthy and like Alexia using his money and status to be horrible to other people because of it and alexia's like you know what me and todd are very humble which i just don't think that you can say when you live in like a douchebag penthouse with a with like a, a car garage inside the house humble you left humble about 15 floors ago babe but that's fine then they get a FaceTime from Marisol saying, thank you for not inviting me to work out. I'm busy planning my annual gay brunch. And so now we find out that Marisol is just cribbing storylines from uh, Sonia Morgan claiming that she's been doing gay brunches for three years now. And it started in New York at Mercer Kitchen. They were there for th- eight hours laughing, giggling. Apparently she skipped out on the tab and that pissed uh, Steve off. And so, you know, she thought, let's do it again. But after that, they're trying to figure out what went on with Gertie the night before. And they're like, we just can't figure it out. I was, you know, Larsa's stuck on, I was trying to figure out why she thought that I was fake. Alexia is the only one who like thinks, hey, maybe there's something going on that she's not telling us about. Maybe we should not be so judgmental about what it could be, right? At least not on camera. A small victory for Lisa and also her children, that she doesn't have to go to another hearing with Lenny because he agreed to pay eight grand a month while they figure things out. On the one hand, she says it's great, but on the other hand, she's like, it's also bullshit because she's got a a lifestyle that she's accustomed to, okay? And this $8,000 a month is nothing compared to what she's used to. And she's like, well, I just don't understand why. He's probably got somebody very expensive that he has to pay for now. Somebody young. A little girlfriend of his that he has to pay for. <laughs> like, yeah, that's exactly what it is, girl. And I'm sorry. And I'm sorry. But this is like, I... Does anybody, anybody like, actually feel empathy for, for Lisa? Well, not empathy. Does anybody, like, actively feel like, oh, Lisa's getting a divorce? Or are we all on the same page about, like, Lisa knew what she was signing up for in this relationship. She knew, in my opinion... That you had like maybe 15 years with this guy before he found another one. So, you know what I mean? (laughs) 
Like, I'm not going to cry that a couple broke up that I don't even think that y'all ever really loved each other to begin with. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sad for the children, but they're definitely better off than living in a house with two people that don't like each other or love each other. Then we see Dr. Nicole calling Gertie. She's like, obviously, she could sense something was wrong. She's like, okay, maybe that Nuevas Horizontes party at Alexis was not the place to be asking her. So I'm going to get a smaller group, Julia, Adriana, and me, and we're going to see, like, what's going on. (sighs) Watching that scene of Gertie, like, ramp herself up to have to tell her friends that she has breast cancer was so, like, I could feel it. I could feel the tension. I just, like... I felt so badly for her and I felt like, ugh, I just, I hated that for her. I cried. I really did. <laughs> Thank you to Emilio Estefan for like breaking up the tension a little bit before we got down to business. But before Gertie says this to the ladies, Adriana gets messy. She tells them that after the party, she ran into Todd downstairs and she's like, because everybody's trying to figure out if Todd's not mad at anybody in this group, then why didn't he show up to this party? So Adriana's thinking, I must be the issue. So she apologizes to him, like, I'm sorry if I did anything. And he's like, no, you didn't do anything. So everybody's like, well, who's the culprit then? Like, what's who is Alexi referring to when she said that Todd didn't want to be around certain people? For some reason, out of nowhere, I think I maybe went to my phone because that tends to happen when Julia starts talking. She reveals that she had been engaged nine times, two women, seven men. Good for her. But back to Gertie, I could tell leading up to her saying, I have breast cancer, Dr. Nicole and Julia already knew what she was about to say, right? Like they were just waiting for it. And Nicole's face was just like, oh, I hated that for her. I hated that for everybody. Adriana's screaming like Cynthia when she found out that Velvet died. And it was just like, The scream did take me out of it a little bit. But other than that, I was crying and I just felt so horrible for her. But thank God for them for like rallying around. And when Gertie says that she's worried about Russell, Julia, you know, who had been taking care of Martina was like, girl, don't worry about that. We do it for the love. He's fine. Don't worry about him. Like he's good. So then after that, Alexia and Todd go out to dinner and he tries to explain his side of things, which is like, babe, you should have just gone to this dinner because it's not making sense to me. He says that he was actually in the building the whole time, down at the gym, having a steak, making merry with the people downstairs. I don't know. And he's like, you know, I did see some of the people there, like not everybody, but I did see them. But then he says that ultimately there were some people that he was going to be uncomfortable around and he's learned that it's just best to stay away than like be in it right um but alexia says she's frustrated i mean she doesn't say that but she clearly is she's clearly like but i told you that if you didn't show up that the rumors were starting and he was like yeah totally you know if this was somebody else's situation somebody else's house and the husband wasn't there we would have talked shit about them the whole way home and alexia's like yeah exactly So why didn't you show up for me, dummy? Oh, but I forgot to say that Adriana told the ladies that she told Todd, it sounds like you guys need to work on your marriage. And he said, you got it right on the note. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Want to find the perfect Father's Day card? Dad deserves better than a drugstore card. This year, surprise him with a special personalized card from Moonpig. You can add your favorite photos and a heartfelt message. Plus, no more worrying about stamps or going to the post office, because we'll mail it for you the same day. Every dad deserves a Moonpig card. Get your first card free with code PODCAST at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com You've got to watch Queenie, the new original series on Hulu. Queenie Jenkins is a 20-something-year-old living in London, and she's facing all the firsts. First major heartbreak, first shitty apartment and soul-sucking job, first therapy session to work through all those mommy issues. After a messy breakup, Queenie starts looking for comfort in all the wrong places, and she soon realizes she needs to face the past before she can build for the future. One way I found how to do that is to take it to the group chat. My friends and I use our text sessions to laugh, to cry, to share advice on how to mend a broken heart, and most importantly, say all the shady things you need to under the vault of the group chat any time of day. So will Queenie be able to turn her quarter-life crises into a revolution? Maybe. Will she make some questionable decisions along the way? Definitely. The new series Queenie is now streaming on Hulu. Check it out. Why would he tell her that? (laughs) This is really like a scheme that Todd set up. And I don't know what, where he's going with this. Other than like baby divorce court. (laughs) MiamiDade.gov. And make sure you scroll all the way down to the bottom of the webpage. Because your wife didn't realize that the first time. Anyway. The episode ends with Gertie and Larsa going to hash things out. And I think we need to tell some hard truths here, right? I think we do. I mean, you guys don't come here for me to be nice to people. I know that. Okay? I I fully understand that. But one thing about me is that there are a few words that I don't use lightly. And so when I say them, I mean them because I think that they're actually like really mean words. And so like, if you're going to say it, you should be, <laughs> which is probably not great logic, but I'm saying like, I, I don't often use them for this purpose. Stupid, dumb, and ugly. As in like the, this person is stupid. Cause when I mean, when I say, I think this person is dumb, I'm mean. Like I genuinely think that they might be dumb. Okay. In a way that can't be managed or helped by them. Like, in a way that I feel sorry for them because they're dumb. Right? Like, and so we need to, like, understand that I think, in my opinion, that Larsa's maybe just not operating with the, um, all the tools that most of us have. And so sometimes you got to meet people at their level. You know what I mean? So just... Before we talk about this scene, I just wanted to let that out. So, Larissa clearly walked in here with, like, you know those things 
2000s and 90s babies. Oh God, what the, what were those things called? They were like little hits clips or something. There were these little tiny little bits of information that you'd put in a little thing and it would play music. And that's it. That was like all it could do. And so I think what happened, like what Larsa might have inside of her up here is one of those little hits clip things. And her the story that she was trying to tell us, Gertie called me fake. And I'm coming here to confront her about that. And that's all that her ram could take. Okay. So, so this is what we're doing, right? So she's like, Gertie, why did you call me fake? But she starts my, t the conversation by saying, you know, Alexia's party was a point. The point of the party was to have New Horizons and start fresh with our friends. And Gertie says, I agree. And I think we should be vulnerable. And Larsa goes, okay, but we're not going to cry. We're not crying. And Gertie says, um, you can't set the standard for what emotion I'm going to have. You can't tell me not to cry. Hello. <laughs> and then she goes on about how Larissa lives in a very different world on two very different planets. Okay. Larissa lives in a world of social media and Google alerts. And she thinks that she's broken the internet because she's dating Michael Jordan's son. And things of that nature like social media means a lot to her so this big thing about her being asked a simple question by page six podcast who's the fakest on the pot and the on the cast is like too overwhelming for her whereas for gertie it's just not that deep she was just answering a question she's a showman dorit she went on that stage and gave them what it, what they wanted okay but she does also tell larsa you talk to me in a very disrespectful and dismissive way. And I don't like that. And she also tells her, I just feel like I've given you a lot of grace when you've been dismissive of me. And Larsa's like, yeah, me too. I feel like I've done the same for you, you know? And then she says, Gertie says like, you also like say that I talk too much or whatever. And Larsa says, yeah, like there are just too many words for me to understand. And I understood why for Gertie, as an immigrant whose first language is not English, would take that offensively. But I think Larsa literally is just like, there are too many words that you say for me to like keep up with all of them. Again, my RAM is only so much. We got an 8-bit and you're running on like 128. And it's just a lot for her. So then Gertie is like, Larsa, I need you to like give me a softer place to land here. I need to have a safe space here to be open to you right now. And Lars is like, are you really doing this right now? And so Gertie has to be like, girl, please don't do this. Please don't do this. And so Larsa goes, do you want me to start crying right now? Or do you, should I start crying and tell you everything that's going on in my life? And I think she like legitimately meant that. Now, if anybody else who would say that, you would have gotten a mojito right to the face. But I think Larsa's like, I genuinely don't get what's happening here and I'm not saying that Larsa should be like <sighs> I'm not saying she's not trying to be malicious again eight bits eight bits and so we just gotta meet people where they're at okay <laughs> and it gets so much worse next episode where Gertie <sighs> Well, that's in the preview. Y'all will see it. We'll definitely break this down a little bit more next or later this week. Girl. Girl. Ooh. I think, All like, right. the biggest question that's come up lately is kids. Like, do we have kids or not? Mm -hmm. 
coming from the world that I grew up in, mm -hmm. I don't take having a kid lightly. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm one of 10 kids. Mm -hmm. That was more than my parents could take care of. Mm. Do you feel like Ethan sees it that way? Oh, no. Okay. Oh, no. He just, like, wants... No, he actually doesn't want kids oh, okay. with me. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. No, he wants kids, but not not with me. Oh, okay. Um, That's hard. I mean, his like his position is he doesn't want a kid that's like me. He doesn't want a kid that thinks what I think politically or socially. All right, get your guitar out. We're back in Cairo to strum and hum and sing. This is like a musical episode of Welcome to Plathville. And so because of that, we're going to be skipping over a little bit. Because what, what can I say? What can I say? Ethan is officially back in Georgia, right? He's getting his cars, visiting the family, the little girls, Barry, whatever. But he wants to keep it cute back home because Mike is going to be riding back up with him. Just have a fun time in Georgia and ask Mike about the dynamics with them and Olivia and Mariah when they drive back up to Minnesota. But then Ethan tells us that he, R.E. Mariah, can't talk to her anymore because once again... She's blocked him. We saw the cliffhanger from last week where Mariah is hanging out with Isaac and decides to unblock Ethan finally and say, hey, I just want to let you know that, like, I forgive you or whatever. And he said, forgive me for what? Because he genuinely didn't know. And she blocked it again. <laughs> Babe. <laughs> so, so you don't forgive me. It sounds like I'm not gonna, you're never gonna find out for what. Then they ask him, How frequently have you spoken to Olivia since you've been there? And he says that he has sent one text message, one since he left Minnesota. Once Ethan and Micah get to the house, like I said, they're playing guitar and reliving their old family band memories, so we don't need to get into that. Olivia is still in Minnesota. She's meeting up with her girlfriend, Maya, to talk. And Maya is similar in the sense that she grew up in the church. She understands, like, where Olivia is coming from. So she asks, Maya asks uh, Olivia, like, what she's been up to in the past couple weeks. And she's like, oh, you know, I've just been finishing up bartending school. And when Maya asks, oh, do you miss Ethan? Olivia says, we live very separate lives. Like, we don't actually hang out together too much. And then in a confessional, Olivia says that there's been a shift with this family. And it's like, Ethan wasn't picking up the calls from the other class for a few months. And then recently, there's been a bunch of calls between all of them. And basically, she's bidding iced out. She asked to be looped in. And Ethan did not do that with regard to the trip to Georgia. Basically made plans without her. And then was like, oops, sorry. <laughs> Then Olivia tells Maya that she's been doing a lot of reflecting about her wedding vows to Ethan and how she did that, like, I will obey you. I'm going to respect you as the leader of the family. And they show footage of the wedding. And I don't know if y'all notice over her shoulder is her sister, Lydia Grace, just like glaring like she is not happy. <laughs> Olivia says that she really doesn't believe in that stuff anymore. Like why should he be higher than me? I believe in equality. We should both be contributing things of that nature. And then she tells us that, or she tells Maya rather that she's been very cautious about having children in the future because 
she's one of 10 and her parents couldn't handle that. And so when Maya is like, oh, is that what Ethan wants? Does he want a bunch of kids too? Olivia goes, he doesn't want any kids. Not with me. (laughs) And then she tells Maya that his position is that he didn't want to have a kid like Olivia that would have she would have influence over like politically and socially and stuff like that. So he straight up told her, I don't want to have kids with you. And in a confessional, she says, I want to be with somebody who's like, can't wait to be the mother of their kids. Absolutely. So then she tells Maya that the best thing she thinks is maybe to just walk away. Like she loves him, but maybe it's just better that they love each other from a distance right and in a confessional a producer asks her are you considering walking away from your marriage olivia says i'm really struggling with that because i don't really look at it as my choice but maybe if i'm being honest with myself about our differences i kind of feel like i'm finally listening back in cairo barry and ethan have a conversation about what life is like for him now in minnesota But Ethan says in a confessional that he really doesn't want to talk about stuff with Olivia and he's just trying to keep it real light with his daddy, a.k.a. Handsome Squidward. Then Handsome Squidward invites uh, Ethan to go to L.A. He tells him, I'm going out to visit Micah and like, you know, Isaac's coming, I think, and the only person's missing is you. So they kind of make tentative plans for him to go out to L.A. So after that, Lydia goes to visit Mariah in Tampa. Again, where is this music coming from? Because they're like, oh, let's reminisce on the old times. And Mariah pulls out a speaker from her bathroom so that they could listen to one of their old hymnals that they recorded. And then they play a song that Ethan did. Mariah says in a confessional that Ethan used to be the one who stood up for her, which is so interesting. Lydia does say, like, you guys were kind of like best, like frenemies, like best worst siblings, right? Because Mariah told us that when she, you know, revealed that she had uh, alopecia, that Ethan was the meanest one to her out of all of them. Like, everybody. Like, not even within the family, just in general, out there in the world. But now she's saying that they were, like, super, super close and, like, you know, all this stuff. And how badly them not speaking has affected her. And Mariah says in a confessional, Ethan used to be the one who stood up for me, so in a way, I'm definitely... I've been angry with him for not standing up for the family. So then she tells Lydia that she unblocked him, but then she sent him a text saying like, oh, I'm here for you if you want to talk. He responded to that text. And then he called her a few days later mad. So she told him not to speak to her like that. And then she blocked him. So I think this is the first blocking that she was referring to, not the second one. (laughs) But then she's saying, well, now I'm at a loss because I want to fix things, but I just don't know what the right thing is to do. And then Mariah looks at Lydia and says, I know you're going to like try to make this better and say that's not true and whatever, but I just can't help but feel like I'm the one who changed all of us because everything used to be so steady. And then Mariah says in a confessional that she blames herself more than anybody for the situation, the fracture in the family, because she's responsible for leaving her family or in a sense, trashing them going along with everything for so long and says there was a time where I was willing to throw my family under the bus for something that looked more appealing and I did so Lydia is like kind of crying and is like you know I don't really think that was just you and Mariah's like I think it was and you're not going to change my mind on that so in an effort to um in her words step up her communication game 
Kim invites Amber over, 13-year-old Amber, to break the news about her fucking airplane can. Amber already knows this because it's been leaking out. So in the conversation, now, granted, Kim just said this was an effort for her to step up her communication game. So what she says to her daughter is, well, I'm sure you've heard some things, conversations, that I'm dating somebody. Do you know who that is? That that was Kim being communicative and stepping her game up. I'm sure you've heard rumors. And then you make her ask, make her say who you think she's dating. <laughs> Why don't you just tell her, girl? Why don't you just tell her? I'm starting to feel like this is less of Kim, like, trying to be honest with her children. And more her trying to find an ally and somebody to giggle with about her new boyfriend. I think that's really all she cares about. That's all she's looking for. So Amber does tell her, like, it might take some getting used to, but, like, you're my mom and I love you. And Kim's like, yay! Like, literally screams, yay! Girl. (laughs) Yay! Anyway. (laughs) So after that, Ethan and Micah head out on the road to Minnesota. And they start talking about, like, Ethan's future. What's going on with the moving? Because they're on a three-year, three-city schedule. And now they're on year two and they're in Minnesota. So, to the surprise of nobody, we found out Ethan doesn't want to move. I'm sure what happened is Ethan was like, okay, we'll go down to Florida because I can accept that. That's, like, a stone's throw away from my family. Definitely do Minnesota because I like the cold. And, again, I'll be right by my family. Olivia wants to go to California. He doesn't want to move there, probably because it's too liberal for him. So they settled on their third location being Colorado. But now he's having doubts on that. He brings up like a fairly good point, which is that I feel like every time I move, I'm just kind of like starting over and it's like making me behind and it's getting a little bit old. But I don't know. I I think this is just a lot of excuses for him. I'm trying to like think back to me being 24 And if I was in a place where I was confidently telling the world that this is what I think and I am set in my ways and I'm never, ever, ever going to change. I don't know if I felt that way. And I wish Ethan would stop. Ethan needs to get out of the garage, inhale some clean air that isn't like motor oil and start talking to some men his own age because you're taking advice from the old heads who were probably married to women who didn't really see the option of leaving. And so they are just stuck with whatever man and his emotional unavailability. And I think that Ethan finds that very attractive that he doesn't have to participate really emotionally into a relationship and he can just do whatever and like lie if he feels like it. And then, you know, what do whatever. Ugh, he really frustrates me. You're too young to be thinking that way. My boy. And so I'm finding it really hard for him, for me to have empathy for him being like, oh, woe is me. When I first started dating Olivia, she was doing all the things that I wanted and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But like, there's been a shift now and, you know, I just don't like the way she operates and, you know, whatever. Like, I just, him acting like we're supposed to feel bad that she has grown up and changed into a different person. He's like, well, I don't, I don't, huh? Like, I don't feel sorry for you. <laughs> she matured, and I thought she was just going to be 19 forever. So then Ethan and Micah start talking about 
Micah's feelings slash Mariah's feelings on this whole Olivia thing. So Micah does say in a confessional that like he really was excited by Olivia when he first started dating Ethan or she, when she first started dating Ethan and how um, you know she was doing all these fun things and traveling and like doing all these things that they loved but then he started to feel like she was actually really a manipulative person once he grew up. Excuse me. So then Micah tells Ethan that I feel like Olivia is a type of chick who she never wanted us how did he say it? he basically was like if we were on good terms with our parents that she didn't want to speak to us and and that's just like how it was like like we can't have both and i'm now looking at ethan no i'm not there are shades of jade from teen mom in the sense that like she had that boyfriend and now husband and then she had her parents her mom and her stepdad right and she was always pulled between them like this is clearly different situations we're talking about people who were like addictions and things of that nature but in the sense of like there's always been this tension of like you can't have a happy relationship and a healthy relationship with your parents like it's either one or the other so then micah starts talking about how Things got worse when they went to Europe, when Ethan and Olivia went to Europe, because Mariah wanted the login information for her music that uh, Olivia had set up for her. So then, like, it's clearly that Micah has only heard Mariah's side about this music. And he's like, you know, I think that as soon as Olivia and Mariah started fighting, it seemed like Mariah's music disappeared. And I just feel like Olivia almost held it for ransom but Ethan goes, no, I can tell you 100% Olivia was not holding any music ransom. He was trying to her to get, trying to get her to do anything. I wasn't doing anything. Neither of us had any interest in making money off of Mariah or stealing from her. Now, like, quiet as it's kept, the music industry is shit. And also, so is Mariah's music. How much money does she possibly make? Like, I don't even know if she would have made enough money in years to, like, maintain her blonde you know (laughs) i don't even think that would it would cover her maintaining her blonde how much 75 dollars i would guess i would guess mariah's made about 75 dollars off of this music (laughs) and like i do understand that it's the principle of the thing but we're not talking about britney spears's estate here you know like really what how much money would there be that she would that olivia and ethan be like oh sneaky let's steal it from her right So then, Ethan says in a confessional, I don't know why Mariah couldn't access her music because he tells Ethan, or uh, Micah, before we left for Europe, Olivia gave Mariah access to those accounts. So unless she just literally didn't know how to get into the accounts, I don't know why she couldn't have accessed them. And I think she just panicked and she just started accusing Olivia of holding the music purposely from her. And he's like, you know, I just have a really hard time getting past that. So he tells Micah, I take it very seriously when myself or my spouse is getting accused of stealing. And that's how feuds start, like family feuds. What do we think really happened? We think Mariah probably couldn't figure out the password. Like, I bet Lydia or Olivia gave her the password and Mariah just didn't type it. And then she probably eventually got locked out of her account and thought that Olivia did it when really she just didn't type her password incorrectly and she entered it in too many times. That's honestly what I think happened. 
Like, I bet Olivia, who was comp computer literate, probably did, like, you know, a uh, capital letter, lowercase letter, number, special character. And, like, maybe Mariah didn't think, like, oh, I should capitalize this letter in the password. And so she just typed it in, typed it in. And, you know, she probably didn't click show password. So she's just, like, dot, 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 and doesn't know, like, what she just typed right before her. Honestly, I think I may have cracked the code. I honestly think that that may have been what happened. <laughs> oh mariah and then she was like you, and then that pop up said you've been logged out of your account or you've been locked out of your account and she was like that bitch olivia did it i, I oh i honestly think that may have been what happened <laughs> oh my gosh and with that y'all let's move on to kardashians did you do prenups of all yours not my first one because i did it in vegas you did it in vegas yes, you've been married little, in vegas oh my gosh you can just walk into the whole thing then little white chapel know. That's exactly why we're doing it. Yes. Oh my God. Oh I my wouldn't God. Am remember I going to have like PTSD? It's like a picture on the like... wall. God. What, did you just go and do it one night or did yeah. you plan it? No, 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 not plan. Just went and did it. You have pictures? No. Oh. I don't have a thing. So you just got married in memoir? And then I don't know. I don't remember. It's meant to All right, y'all, let's finish up with a very quick recap of the Kardashians. Because if you think for one second, I'm about to not do anything but fast forward through Howie fucking Mandel and Chris... <laughs> highly mistaken i as soon as i saw those rab glasses i said no ma'am 30 second 30 second 30 second 30 second i got the point i didn't need to hear anything but let's get into the episode chris is hosting some event some event that she's doing for whatever chloe is like the guest of honor in the sense that chris is terrified that chloe's not going to show up because chloe's mad at her from last episode going off on her about her being a shitty manager while Chris is trying to pile on more duties for her. But Chloe does show up. Kathy and Paris Hilton are also in attendance. <laughs> this was so funny. Such a funny moment. Chris looks over at Paris and is like, oh my god, how's the baby? And Paris says, he's good. He's tall. And Chris looks at her and goes, tall? How old is he again? <laughs> Paris goes, four months. <laughs> And Chris just looks at Kathy and goes, okay. <laughs> but then this also turns into a conversation about Chris being like, Chloe's mad at me because I can't be there for her. And I'm sure, Kathy, you know that, you know, if we could clone ourselves, we would. And Paris, you get that, right? And Paris is like, yeah, I do. And that's why I joined the metaverse. <laughs> okay, girl. <laughs> so when they sit down for this, like, event lunch, Chris is sitting next to Chloe and they're kind of whispering to each other, but like kind of keep it cute because everybody's around. And Chris is saying like, oh, Chloe, I was so worried you wouldn't come. And Chloe's like, of course, it's the morally right thing to do. Like we're beefing right now, but I know we're going to get over it. So uh, of course I'm going to show up. But then she leans into her and goes, I want you to look around and see that none of your other kids are here. And I'm the one you mistreat the most. <laughs> Chris puts on this very fake smile and she goes, oh, we're not starting that again. <laughs> we're not starting that. <laughs> so after this, Kim is getting glam with Chris Appleton, that like hottie British man that does her hair, right? Quick cameo by North, just a little high and by to tell Kim that she needs to put on a pimple patch. Not she doesn't need one. You, mama, you need to put on a pimple patch. Takes a little swipe of some lip gloss and is off. See ya. So Chris is talking to Kim about his relationship with Lucas Gage, right? Man, Lucas 
I mean, truly, like, karma worked out for this kid big time. Remember, like, my first uh, experience with him was from that viral video where he was auditioning during the pandemic. And he was in his studio or whatever. And the person that he was auditioning with did not mute themselves. And they're like, oh, look at him in this shitty apartment. And Lucas was, like, very kind about it. He was like, oh, you know, like, like he was very, very chill about it, right? And then after that, he got all this work. And now he's got this fucking smoke show of a man. Like, I want to fuck your husband, Chris. I mean, Lucas, I want to. Real bad. But they're in love. So let's celebrate that. Chris shows Kim the engagement ring that Lucas gave him. So romantic because he said their first date was they had gone out to have caviar. And Lucas had a ring made from the tin of caviar that they had on their first date bitch that's hot and then these two and by these two i mean kim kardashian and chris appleton now if y'all don't know what this man looks like google it real quick and then you tell me if you want to listen to them talk about being insecure in their relationships and having to remind themselves that they're the price you two come on so then chris says i have a question for you kim but i can't ask it without lucas so he hits lucas up on facetime and while he's dialing chris is dialing kim goes wait um do you guys have a prenup are you gonna be mad if i mention that chris and then she looks at the camera and goes i don't care what you have what you do we want prenup we want prenup <laughs> And then she even offers, once uh, Lucas hops on that FaceTime, be like, I'll write it for you guys. Like, it just could be a basic thing. I probably can do it for you. But then Chris and Lucas do ask, do you want to officiate our wedding? These two are like a little too cute for me. It's like a little too sweet, a little too saccharine, but I'm happy for them. I really am. Even though I definitely still want to fuck your husband, Lucas. That's okay. We can move on. So she, of course, is like, yes. And then she talks a little bit about her first wedding in Vegas, which is something that she very rarely talks about. I think the last time she said it on the show, she was like, oh, I got, uh, I took ecstasy two times. The first time I got married and the second time I did a sex tape. So that's really all she said. Now, if y'all don't know, she got married when she was 19 to a 30 year old music producer named Damon Thomas. And Damon tries to act like if you just Google his name, but damn near every headline is about Kim. And he tries, in every article, he's like, I try not to talk about this and I try to like keep it cute, but blah, blah. like it's always like, I don't want to talk about this. Then don't. Then don't. No comment. No comment always works. But she tells Chris that they got married at the Little White Chapel, which is where. Chris and Lucas are going and how they just kind of went and did it. No pictures, nothing. And then Chris is like, Oh, what happened after that? She goes, I don't know. I don't remember. Okay. Well I do Kim. So thank you. Um, what happened was allegedly Kim didn't tell the family for three months. Courtney had to find out. She had to look up the documents online and that's how they found out. And also Robert senior was very upset. Robert senior, whose best friend was OJ Simpson was very upset. You want to, know why he might be upset about what what thing he may have been upset about with regard to this man want to find the perfect father's day card dad deserves better than a drugstore card this year surprise him with a special personalized card from moonpig you can add your favorite photos and a heartfelt message 
Plus, no more worrying about stamps or going to the post office, because we'll mail it for you the same day. Every dad deserves a Moonpig card. Get your first card free with code PODCAST at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. An attribute that he maybe Robert didn't agree with? Interesting, huh? Um, also, you could I talk about this all on my Patreon. And also, um, he had, Robert, allegedly, had a pretty hot and heavy relationship with uh, Sean Holly, the attorney. The attorney who was the attorney to uh, Lindsay Lohan and most recently, uh, that man, that man, Danny Masterson. But anyway, um... She's a high-powered attorney, so apparently when she was, like, early in her days of lawyering, she and Robert had a relationship, like, a whole long-term relationship, but he wouldn't marry her. You guys want to guess what attribute about Sean Holly she has that may have been a stumbling block for Robert? Something that he felt like he couldn't make their relationship legitimate? Well... Same issue he had with Damon. So you want to find the Venn diagram on that one? I think it'll be pretty easy. Anyway, Kim then reveals that she finally put a bumper sticker on a Bentley. She got herself a little tattoo. And how on the night that she hosted SNL, she and her friends all got matching infinity hand hand tattoos. But she was like, I'm not putting it anywhere you can see. So she got that bitch on the inside of her lip. Shout out to her. Like I said, I'm sparing you guys the Howie Mandel situation, but here's the point. Chris got turned into like a hologram or something because Howie Mandel has these little things that you can like record yourself and you put these big ass modules in and we're supposed to act like this is Chris being multiple times at once. So what she does is she gets this whole thing set up in her house. Now, mind you, Chloe lives literally right next door. Literally. Don't even have to put your shoes on if you don't want to. Um, she's doing all this little rouse about, Hi, Chloe. So nice to see you. See, I'm here for you. I'm everywhere. And all these little devices all up in her house. And Chloe's like, uh, I'm sorry, are you just doing this from your house? I had a photo shoot that I wanted you to be at. And you're doing this from next door. When you could have just been there. If the whole point was you being at two places at once. But you're wasting your time not being with me so that you could be with me virtually and prove a point. And then Chloe just turns the devices off and unplugs her. And I thought, thank you. <laughs> thank you for sparing us. Then we go back to Lucas, Chris, and Kim. They're on the plane and Lucas is asking for advice from Kim on how to make it work. When you're busy and you're traveling and you have like these busy careers, right? She's like, you know, it's just about being a team player and like being really aligned with each other. And then she says, I can go months without seeing anybody. 
And it just makes that time so much sweeter. Months? It's just so excessive, but okay. Then she gets a call from Chloe on the plane. Chloe's like, bitch, why did you leave me? Because <laughs> we find out that Chloe had like earlier found out about this wedding and was like, oh, I want to go. Can I be the flower girl? Ask Chris, can I be the flower girl? He says, yes, they're on the phone. They're planning it. And then she's like, excuse me, why are you guys in the private chat? And Kim's just like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Should I just send the plane back for you? <laughs> and Chloe's like, no, girl. And her answer should be, no, that's ridiculous. But her response was, no, I don't have glam. And then Clip's like, well, just wear whatever. And Chloe says in a confessional, she really goes off about like, yeah, Kim will be the type of person who show up in a fucking ball gown and be like, oh, this is nothing. You should have just worn sweatpants and, and not come into makeup. And then she'd be in full glam in a Dolce & Gabbana dress. And then you end up looking stupid. So that's why Chloe didn't go. So they get off the PJ, they get whisked to this building and they're just like kind of rocking these hallways. And Kim's like, oh, you know, just one second before we go to the chapel. Then they turn the corner and they're like, Kim, bitch, it's Shania Twain playing Still the One, their song. And by their song, I mean, it's Chris and Lucas's song as a couple. And also Kim's just her song, just period. So this is as much of a moment for Kim as it is for them. <laughs> she's, she's standing in the middle of them. She's like swaying side to side. She's like singing out loud. Like she doesn't care that this is for them. <laughs> not, not at all. And that's very funny to me. And, like, Shania's just beautiful. She's amazing. She's perfect. Like, we love Shania in this house, okay? It was a great moment. Um, There was a side little scene where um we find out this long-standing storyline of Kendall's has finally been completed. Her horse has been born. Her horse has been born. And the only thing I wanted to say about this is that Chloe brings over Tatum and a like a bouquet of a carrots for the horse tatum is so fucking cute those cheeks are you kidding me and the other thing is like that i think that's basically all we need to know that robert senior is actually chloe's father because the evidence is right there it's showing all over his face now Kristen, sometimes people just get lucky sometimes genetics make people look like siblings when they're not or you know kin when they're not as much kin as you would have thought, maybe they're only 50% instead of 100 But that's neither here nor there. I'm just saying. I think maybe Chris got lucky. That Tatum just so happens to look like Robert. But anyway, when Kim gets back to Vegas, she finds out that Chloe's not only mad at her because of ditching her. The whole squad is mad at Kim because she had gone to Usher. Now, in the beginning of the ep uh, the season, Kim had this whole birthday party that they had planned and they were going to take her to Usher, but there was like weather problems so they couldn't get on the plane. So then she went without all those girls. So basically they bully her into going and they go, here's my question. And I think I may have gotten it answered because I'm thinking, okay, because I looked up the dates of like when their wedding was Chris and Lucas and when Chloe and Kim end up going to Usher. And it's like three days in between there. So I'm thinking, okay, obviously Kim Kardashian and team are going to be VIP, ultra VIP at this Usher concert. How do you accommodate for that last minute? Surely there was like some girl's trip or somebody, some huge Usher fan who was like, I'm going to get this VIP section. And then they were like, no, bitch, Chloe and Kimora Lee Sims are going to sit here instead. And so what do you do? What do you do? And then I saw a TikTok of a girl who said 
that because Timothy Chalamet hosted SNL this week that they had stood online for like hours to just get standby tickets to find out at the very last minute that those tickets got taken up by the Kardashians and I would be livid now that's a little bit of a different situation but I guess like what do you do when people pay or do they have like do they set aside like a last minute VIP for celebrities I really wonder but anyway that's it oh Usher they meet Usher backstage and he's like oh are you guys are we gonna kick it afterwards and Kim's like no I have to go back to get a spray tan I got a 1 a.m spray tan appointment and Usher is like you're gonna ditch me to go get a spray tan okay <laughs> so even Chloe even though Kim made this whole thing about we have to get Chloe out from behind the gates of Hidden Hills she has to leave Calabasas and have fun but you had her out here for four hours so you get a spray tan she couldn't even spend the night so egg on your face girl anyway that's it for the episode this week thank you guys so much for listening Thank you.